Hi guys, and welcome to the Saga of an Epic Fail PA Mom. I'm Sam Myers, and I'm a physician assistant with two teenage boys who wants to bring to the community of moms out there information, just basically stories and sharing of what it takes in terms of endurance to get through this thing together called life. You know, I was thinking about how many great mentors and how much support I had and still have and still lean on to this day to get through the bumps and the hills and the mountains that we face as a struggling and working and finding some sort of balance and trying to manage to take care of ourselves in the process. And so I want to dedicate this episode to all those mentors and role models that are out there. And remember, this is about community. This podcast is about support. This podcast is about us together to bring functional adults into the world despite our best efforts and trips and falls and bruises it it happens so remember you're gonna pull up that chair to my back porch we're gonna have a drink or two or three and talk about those events that we need to get through together as a community and this particular podcast is driven by my anxiety as a new mom. I was really worried about that question, about that question about would I know if my child was ill, my newborn infant, they're so small, right? They seem so vulnerable. They're so helpless. You're doing everything for them. And I was really worried that I wouldn't know when they were sick because they couldn't talk. They use body language, they use different communications to let us know they're not feeling well and I didn't want to miss those signs. So this is to let you know that there are some really good signs that the baby will give you when baby's sick and needs to see the doctor to get a prescription or to go to the hospital. So just to share my personal experience, uh, Mason, my oldest son, um, he was and still is the obstinate one that wants to do everything on his own, that took those first steps by himself, fed himself, reached for food, and I had to kind of put the baby book by the side because he really didn't follow the milestones as was outlined. And I felt frustrated because I, I didn't know what I was doing wrong as a parent. And I have learned now that it was just his temperament and he's still that way. He's a very smart kid and he's finding his own way and you know I'm there just to support him you know if he falls he falls if he soars I'm there to cheer him on so temperament a is important because you need to know the temperament of your baby is your baby calm is your baby tense is your baby you know more active does your baby take naps does your baby not take naps you know so I think when I look back when I was concerned, as you get to bond, that 
that nice hormone called oxytocin that develops that bond between mom and baby. You get to know that temperament. You get to know each other's moves. It's kind of like a dance. You're getting to know each other. And when Mason first got sick, it, it was a while. Now, he was the, the oldest, and he had the least exposure, right? So when they're older, you don't have a lot of stuff coming in and out of the house. And it was about four months old when I noticed that he was very, very snuggly all of a sudden. And he didn't want me to leave, you know. And, and that was like him in terms of he had separation anxiety, but this was different. Like he just wanted to cuddle. He didn't have an interest in a lot of other things like he normally did. And I just knew something was wrong. So I remember that at four months I was working and I was worried about him. And so because he had a change in his behavior, I actually called into work that day because I wanted to keep an eye on him. And when I did that, he then developed a temperature. So that told me, yeah, I know something's going on. And he was seeming pretty annoyed about one of his ears. So I had a pretty good infection. And I had a pretty good idea that it was an ear infection that he was brewing. And when I got him into uh, the urgent care, uh, they confirmed that for me. And, and we got him treated. So one, know the temperament of your child. And if it changes, then that's a warning sign. And that was really important life lesson for me is that you know your child, you know your baby, you've been dancing together for a little bit and you know something's, something's off or wrong with them and they let you know. And then the second illness was with Keegan when he was real little. He was six weeks. Now remember he's the second born and we had a three-year-old who was in and out and in, in daycare at that time. And I remember that I wasn't feeling well. I had a sore throat and when you have that baby close to you, you just want to snuggle and give kisses on the top of their head. And I remember thinking, oh, I shouldn't be giving them kisses. I've got a really bad sore throat. And my younger son was complaining of the same thing, a sore throat. And I was really excited to take Keegan up to meet my grandma, his great grandmother. And so we decided to take the trip to see her. It's about an hour and a half from our house. And we talked about bringing baby out, which is a chore for the day, but a real chore for an overnight stay. And I'm sure that you have been through this where you pack everything even the kitchen sink right because <laughs> if there's not a good clean kitchen sink then you're even bringing the baby's bathtub so that pack and play the car seat the swing the bathtub baby bathtub baby towel baby diapers baby snacks oh my gosh the list is endless now i was fortunate at six weeks old i didn't have to bring a lot for him because he was still nursing but then we had all the additional things that we had to bring for our three-year-old our toddler at that time that was quite a feat so needless to say overnight i noticed that keegan was feeling warm and i had gotten up to feed him in the middle of the night and i noticed he wasn't eating and he wasn't interested and he was kind of uncomfortable when I moved his head or neck and I got worried and he ate a little bit and we went back to bed and we woke up again and he felt warm 
and I took a rectal temperature because it's the most accurate way to take a temperature in those age extremes. So in when they're little tinies and when you're elderly on those ends of the spectrum, the most reliable temperature is a rectal temperature. And I took that rectal, rectal temperature and it was elevated and I became upset. I knew that meant that he would have to have a complete workup at six weeks because he was not fully vaccinated and usually when babies don't have all their vaccines if they get ill before a certain age they have to have a complete workup to rule out any major sources of infection so we packed up and i left my grandmother his great grandmother after meeting him for the first time and this is an easygoing temperament to baby and he was very fussy and so it was hard to get everything together with a real fussy baby who's very normally calm temperamented and we drove back towards where i knew his pediatrician had hospital privileges because my intuition was telling me that this was going to be an admission so we stopped at the urgent care and i asked specifically if they could take care of a six-week-old infant with fever because bear in mind where you get treatment at different ages is very important at six weeks old i knew he needed a complete workup with a documented fever they told me that he would have to go to the emergency room so we went across the street to the emergency room and i once again relayed the story and was told that he would have to have a thorough workup which included chest x-ray a urine specimen they put a little bag on the babies and blood work and a lumbar puncture now bear in mind i am a physician assistant at that time i was working at primary care and urgent care and i was seeing everybody i was seeing pediatrics all the way through to geriatrics i had phenomenal mentors especially one particular pediatrician who was very good at what he did and I did not let the ER resident know that I was a physician assistant and at that moment I was a mom that was my biggest priority so they asked me to step out while they did the lumbar puncture and after we returned to the room he apologized to me because he said I would have let you stay had I known that you were a physician assistant and I looked at him and I said right now I am a mom and that was perfectly appropriate for you to ask me to step out it's not something that I want to do or deal with or see right now my biggest concern is taking care of my son so after a stay in the emergency room it came back that he had viral meningitis now there's two types of meningitis that's an infection that can affect the brain and the spinal cord there's bacterial meningitis which is very serious and then there's viral meningitis which is generally self-limiting so he was admitted for symptomatic care and fluids and treatment and I stayed the night with him actually a couple nights with him and got to enjoy some alone time with him but also got to be there and support him getting better it was 
quite a moving experience to be in the hospital with a sick child. So I can't imagine the emotions that parents feel with a child with a more chronic illness. So that support is really important, whether your child has an acute illness or a chronic illness. Now, injury is a whole nother story. Oh, and Keegan did recover, by the way. And uh, injury is a whole nother story. And, you know, I think I was worried too whether or not I would know if my, what type of care my children needed after an injury. And I think that's really hard um, sometimes. It, it can take a little bit of investigation and just waiting it out to see how baby responds. Now, we have mentioned that I am not a perfect mother. I've been told I'm not a perfect mother. I've been called many things. I'm sure as many of you have as well. But um, when I was kind of learning this new dance of full-time working mom, trying to get ready in the morning, trying to figure out when my husband worked third, what to do with the baby, while I was trying to, you know, just kind of get myself together in the morning, that was really hard, right? So it's easy when they're not mobile, right? It's hard when they're mobile. It's especially hard when you put up gates to keep a child from moving around, but when they're learning to pull up and push and scoot, there's not a real safe place to put them. So I would recommend that you keep that pack and play, that portable pack and play nearby. Now, I did not do that. I didn't have, we have two levels and we had one, the pack and play downstairs so that when my sister-in-law came over to watch my younger son, she had that accessibility downstairs and the crib was upstairs. So generally I didn't need it, but I found one day getting ready for work, I put him in, my older son, a basket on the floor. He was four months old, so he was kind of starting to move, but still not as mobile. He was very strong though. And the day I was getting dressed, I was right next to him. He was right in a basket that was low on the floor. We're talking, you know, it was on the floor, but had a five inch rim on it and it was flat and square. And he decided that he was gonna grab the edge of that basket and push up on it. And he tipped forward and he hit his head on the tile floor. And my breath was taken back. I was taken back. So I didn't know how badly he had hurt himself. And he didn't lose consciousness. He was, he cried, he was upset. And I did contact my pediatrician to let him know that they had had a head injury uh, and that we had an event. My father-in-law came over. The pediatrician let me know what to look for after a head injury, if they had any abnormal discharge from their nose or change in mental status. And my father-in-law came over. I did go to work that day, but inform my father-in-law to please let me know if there's any changes in Mason's condition and I called several times to check in that day I was very worried and I think everybody at work knew how worried I was because I think I got sent home early that day because I just kept talking about this event that occurred so yes that was a moment of an epic fail even on a very low rise object that my child was sitting in he pushed up and fell right on over and hit his head so he was fine he didn't require any extensive workup but generally when they're very young they have those really soft fontanelles and um, it's really important to contact your pediatrician for something like that uh, we had another incident um, 
Now this is not illness but injury. And this is kind of knowing like when is my child sick? When do they require medical care? And um, my husband was at home taking care of Keegan, the younger one, and I was at work in the urgent care. And I got a frantic call from my husband. Well, they had done the nighttime routine. They had taken the bath and got the lavender lotion on, read their stories. My husband was trying to put my younger son in PJs and trying to get a shirt off. Well, when he tried to get that shirt off, he pulled too hard and it yanked his arm and then he wouldn't use it. So my husband was really nervous. When he called me, I said, I know what he's got. He's got what's called nursemaid's elbow. You bring him in and we'll put his elbow back in place. So by the time he got into the urgent care, he still wasn't using his arm. And me being a mom again, asked one of the physicians on staff, even though I had done nursemaid elbows hundreds of times to put them back, asked my mentor physician to please take care of my son because I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that little supination and pronation, which means, you know, you're moving that that hand and arm to pop that elbow back in. So, or that forearm back into that socket. So she took care of that for me. Um, so you, there are times when you're not certain as to what direction to take if, if you need um, any assistance. And you can always call your pediatrician. There are phenomenal pediatric nurses, triage MAs, who can help determine if you need to have your baby or child seen. And it's really important, too. I mean, other moms have been through the same situations. Um, and if you're not certain, it's not a problem to bring them into the urgent care. There are lots of different illnesses that really need assessment. So I saw a lot of rashes in infants, like the roseola rash, the slapped cheek. So we saw hand, foot, and mouth. So the slapped cheek is called Fifth's disease. And then there's hand, foot, and mouth. And if you haven't seen these types of illnesses or rashes before, you need a second pair of eyes. And even though a lot of these are viral illnesses and there's nothing we need to do for them, it's helpful to know that they're normal infant rashes. Um, so that's really important. Um, I think probably the more scarier things are those lacerations or injuries or trauma where you don't know whether or not it just could take a Band-Aid or if it needs to be sewn up. Um, we had an experience at scout camp when, when Mason was a little bit older. He was about seven and um, he injured himself on a stick and I came to pick him up and he wouldn't go to church and I, he told me he had a sore throat and I said well you can still go to church with a sore throat and by the time I got into the car he broke out in tears and said that he had really hurt himself really bad and he needed me to look at it and come to find out he had a Phineas and Ferb band-aid across a laceration an injury that needed to be repaired uh, so I had to take them into the urgent care that time. So um, there are lots of things uh, that probably need some attention <laughs> above and beyond just a simple hug, kiss, and reassurance. Now, don't get me wrong, there's lots of bumps and bruises that can just take simple reassurance, but there's others that do need to be evaluated and treated professionally. So life lesson is that you will know when baby's sick, 
you will know when baby needs care or treatment trust your instinct trust the fact that you have developed a strong bond with baby you've built up that oxytocin that bonding hormone and that you'll make the right decision when it comes to treating your baby and if you're at all worried use that network use that support right that teething is really hard to get through oh my goodness sometimes it's hard to tease out whether a symptom is teething or not I think that's probably the hardest one and you know of course you call your mom or your grandma and they tell you to put whiskey on the gums and then take a shot of it yourself right <laughs> but dosing medications it's really important and you need to have a good list of over-the-counter medications with appropriate doses for age and weight I think that was really um, the stickler is the one that was a little harder um, knowing that you know they're at this weight and they can get this amount of this formulation because things come in infant formulation and children's formulation and adult formulations so um, that takes a, a little bit of negotiation and definitely um, some help with determining um, the dosages and then oh, the worst thing we had in the house was that Norwalk virus oh my poor mother-in-law I asked her when Keegan was a baby I forgot I have got this one last story and and just to kind of tell you I mean as a as a mom you're not only a mom but you auto automatically become a a triage nurse <laughs> It's like it comes to your award for having a baby, right? You become a triage nurse. So my mother-in-law was coming over. We live in a really old farmhouse. It was coming over to help us do some remodeling. And the power went out. And I had a child with Norwalk. Or the rotavirus. It wasn't Norwalk. It was a rotavirus. Because now they have a vaccine for it. They didn't when he was an infant. He had the rotavirus. And oh my gosh, it has got the most distinctive, worse odor and it's just prolific diarrhea and he had this on a day the power was out number one it was hot and humid and number three my mother-in-law came over to help tile the floor I was just mortified because you can't get that smell away in hot humid weather and baby's miserable and I couldn't help her when I the intent was for her to come help me tile the floor and I was changing a diaper literally every 30 minutes let me tell you illnesses and babies are one of those things you'll be able to tackle you can do it you become a triage nurse you know your baby you go through a series of questions to yourself and you'll get through it and it just changes and evolves as they get older the injuries unfortunately do not stop and worse they injure a neighbor who you end up having to do staple repair on his head because your child hit your neighbor with a hose and lacerated his scalp yeah mm -hmm. that's what happens so I just want you to know you're not alone use the mommy support groups those mommy networks use your pediatrician use your pediatric triage nurse use those people who can really help you get through being a mom new mom help you with your gut and intuition and help you answer some important questions about is this normal <laughs> so this is pac sam i am a cardiology pa who's worked in the emergency room as well as in 
uh, urgent care and primary care physician. I have treated pediatric patients, lots of injuries, as well as in infants and children that have had to repair, lots of dog bites. Please, please keep your children safe from pets. Um, that was probably my biggest patient population that I saw in the emergency room was lots of unintended dog bites. Uh, so please keep your children as safe as possible. Think of ahead when you're, you're doing things, what, what in the area might not be safe? What could my child put in their mouth? What could they stick an object in? I've seen lots of objects. Oh, we didn't even get there. Oh man, I totally forgot about the objects and orifices. I am so sorry. I've seen everything in noses and ears. It is not abnormal and please take your child to get it removed <laughs> and do not be embarrassed we have seen everything in the ER <sighs> hopefully that helps take a deep breath take some time for yourself meditate if you want to hear more of this go ahead and hit the subscribe button I'm here for you this is for us we're in this together you're not alone in this journey and uh, I can't wait to tell you more fun and exciting stories and uh, see watch you thrive and grow as a new mom lots of loves and blessings from my home to yours bye now